Two Guys, One Shaker Cup Podcast, hosted by Joshua Shaw and Ryan Buckeye. What's going on, everybody? Welcome inside the Two Guys, One Shaker Cup Podcast, fresh off our Las Vegas or our Viva Las Vegas vacation. Josh Shaw looks like he hasn't slept in 20 days. Uh, I finally have some pep <laughs> back in my step. Thank you to the Ghost Crew for kicking my ass on Saturday. But Josh, it is good to see you alive and well back in Austin, back in your living room. And everything. it doesn't look like you got robbed, so that's a good thing. Yeah, no, it was a it was a good. Uh, I was there for eight days, a little bit longer than you, so I had to do the marathon thing. I I didn't uh, treat it like a sprint, like you did with uh, the guys at Ghost. But uh, I'm glad you're back, and you didn't die when you you moved into a new place. So people that are watching this on YouTube, they'll see that Ryan's uh, backdrop is a little bit different. That's because he uh, just moved into a custom built house. So congrats Damn to right. that, Ryan. That's a big step. It is a huge step. No, it's nice to have an actual office where there's some lighting in here, even though it's still kind of dark, but that's because it's shitty outside. But um, for anybody who's been to Vegas, just on a side note, four days for most people is too long. Josh was there for eight days. Now, he wasn't raging doing the Vegas thing. I don't even know if you gambled much, um, but he was posting on IG. He was in the gym at five in the morning, just being, being a healthy mother trucker out in Vegas. But you're there for, obviously, the Olympia, which we've we discussed the Olympia before here on this podcast, but you're there for a grocery expo. So you were there for a lot of different things. Um, did you take any dietary supplements with you for the, the eight-day trip out to Vegas? I did, yeah, a little bit. Um, I would say probably a lot less than you did because I did see your uh, pictures yeah. of you, yeah, of your, of your suitcase. So I definitely did not bring as much as you. Um, I also kind of pre-planned that I knew a couple of uh, clients uh, and friends uh, knew that they were going to be exhibiting. So I kind of went and raided their mm -hmm. uh, supplements a little bit to get the samples, just so I didn't have to bring a lot with me. But I don't take nearly as many supplements as you do right. so i don't have to bring as much uh when i travel yeah well for the record for anybody who watched my ig or that they were not all mine all right gerhardt <laughs> drove in from san diego he brought most of them because they're they're a bitch trying to get through tsa um today's episode we're going to talk about dietary supplements we're going to talk about sports nutrition because i get the question all the time like what are your top five supplements like what do you what do you tell people to take and it's a good question because for for a lot of people it's very um, personal and what they take. It, it can be very, um, there, there are staple supplements I think that everybody should take and invest their money in, which the staple supplements that I'll talk about today, I guarantee are probably not in the cabinets of many people listening to the show um, for a couple of reasons. They're not super sexy. Like the, the supplements that I would recommend people to take like, or that I would buy with my own money, you didn't see many of those supplements being showcased at the Olympia just because they're not loud supplements. They're not sexy supplements. But to me, they're necessity for your general health, especially in 2019 slash 2020, um, you know, that, that, that people just don't take. So I'm, I'm excited to hear yours, too, because you've been involved in this space for 10 years at this point now, and you've seen everything kind of come and go, and now you're big in the functional foods, and you know that's a big thing, and that's coming up, whether it be, you know, collagen protein or even um, things like CBD infused or CBD and stuff like that that people are kind of getting really excited about that they might not need to be getting excited about or they should spend their money maybe elsewhere first off. So, Josh, what, if you set a supplement budget per month with your big salary that you pay yourself at J. Shaw Consulting, like how, how much money do you think is appropriate each month to spend on dietary supplements? Like in, in relation to, say, your, your whole food budget, right? So your, your whole foods bill versus your bodybuilding.com bill. What's the ratio? You know, that's interesting because I think when we were talking about this subject matter 
and just kind of the topic, and we thought this would be interesting to talk about. Um, it's been a long time since I've had to buy supplements <laughs> myself, uh, quite honestly. Um, and I know that's the case for you as well, right. Ryan. And this kind of um, this question is going to take a bunch of different kind of sides, and we're going to go all over the board here. But um, I think for me right now, if I took myself back to just a consumer and if I uh, bought products, I think I would probably be somewhere around maybe – 20 to 25% of my budget would be towards supplements. And that's sure. only because of like a protein um, type of a supplement. I tend to enjoy just having a protein shake or two. It's just easier for me. I don't have like mm -hmm. the biggest appetite in a lot of cases. And especially post-workout, I don't like to eat like right after I, I, it's just one of those things where the type, maybe the type of workout that I have or whatever, I just feel a little bit wheezy in a sense of like, I just need some time. So having a light protein drink is something that I've always kind of added into that. So because of the price of protein, I think that that's going to obviously skew the number a lot uh, towards that side. And then for, uh, we'll probably talk about, it. you mentioned it earlier, just the idea of like convenience or functional foods and things like that. I tend to uh, probably supplement my uh, diet and everything differently than maybe other people just because I'm looking at it from more of a lifestyle uh, gain. Like how do I um, eat a little better or um, have some ingredients into my body in a much more convenient way than maybe going out and buying a tub of this or, or that or pills or, or whatever because of just the need of my schedule and having them be kind of single serve consumption, quick consumption type of products. So those also probably drive that number up a little bit because they cost per right. item more than, you know, 50 cents per serving for pre-workout or whatever that is. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point because for, I'm, I'm in the same boat with you. About 25% is, you know, I'm thinking in my head, like, a good solid number for me for a grocery bill just for myself and, say, an average four-week month, I would say $200 a week, $800 a month. That's even on the high side, but that's to eat healthy and, I think, to eat correct. Um, and then maybe a $200 supplement budget, which then over the scheme of things, that would be, you know, 20% of the overall food and dietary supplement budget. And that's on a high end. I know a lot of people don't have that kind of budget. I don't expect people to have it. But on $200 even, which is high, like a month, if I'm going to if I'm gonna equate $200 of dietary supplements, to your point, a tub of protein, a pre-workout knocks out over 50% of that budget already. I mean, you're paying 50 bucks for a pre-workout that's going to last you a month, maybe. You're paying... 50 bucks for a protein powder that's probably anywhere between two to five pounds in the quality. So you might be even paying more up to 60, 70 bucks. And then you, you're left with maybe 75 bucks to spend on something else. Um, so you can definitely do it. But I think even at that $200 price point that I just set aside, like one of the supplements that I mentioned, the pre-workout is unnecessary. Like you don't need a pre-workout. They're nice to have. Trust me. I use one every day. But to Josh's point, the reason why I use it every day is because I have a basement full of them that I got for free that I don't pay for. But I see that people go out and they're spending so much money on, on a pre-workout. Um, that's the first thing people buy. It's pre-workout. It seems like it, it's – and you can correct me if I'm wrong. You know more of the sales data. But in this category, outside of protein, protein's probably still the number one driver because you see that Costco, et cetera. Pre-workout's got to be right there. Um, I mean pre-workout, you got C4 at Costco. Um, Muscle Farm, when they came out with their assault, that was huge when and you were there. Um, I feel like pre-workout is – and again, I don't have sales data on this, so don't quote me, but I feel like pre-workout is probably the second most popular category purchased within sports nutrition. Is that 
wrong or, or right? No, yeah. I mean, in terms of like purely sports um, lifestyle products, you have protein that's far and away the biggest driver of it. I think it's close to like 70% of mm-hmm. protein or protein added. And then you have uh, the next biggest one is is primarily like energy category. So right. those, uh, I think it's hard from an analyst perspective. A lot of times they, they pair together pre-workouts and then like maybe fat burners or just general energy products right. together, not including energy drinks, which is a completely different category. But yeah, those ones usually are your second uh, biggest. I think somewhere maybe around like two-ish billion dollars. And I'm, I'm not sure if that number is still consistent. Something that I saw recently, but um, I don't know when it was quoted. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense to me. And I, th- I feel like, you know, most people, I think people are con- convinced that they need protein powder in their diets. Now, I think it's good. I think it's in terms of fi- fast digesting protein, I think there's a place for it for sure. But I think people also have a misunderstanding of how much protein intake they actually need per day. And there's been this general rule of thumb, like one gram per po- pound of body weight. That's, that's, that's probably appropriate. or that's, that, I mean, it, it is different depending on how you train for sure. But, for example, I'm on prep right now for a show. I train harder than probably most people. And my protein intake is actually in, in the 190s. And I weigh 205, 206. So I'm actually eating less than one gram per pound of body weight. And I'm gaining muscle. So I think there's this misconception that people think, fuck, I need to get like – you know, 1.3 times the protein. So they buy a protein powder to supplement whatever their whole foods is. Like most people on the planet, if they're eating, say, three, four times a day, normal meals, you're probably getting, if, as long as you're using, you have protein, you're probably getting pretty damn close to your protein intake per day. Maybe a little bit less that you can supplement with protein powder or you can eat nuts, even though some of the nuts aren't a complete protein. So, but I would still put protein powder as one of those things that I buy. Uh, you know, if we're, if we're talking about like five supplements or supplements that I would buy if I had to spend my own money because I know that the research today says you want to essentially, if you're training like I do, you want to create a protein synthetic effect every three hours. Now, it's hard to eat like beef or chicken every three hours. So a protein powder is nice to incorporate in with maybe a bowl of oatmeal and some nuts. So I'm putting protein as one of my essentials and necessities that I'm still spending my own money on uh, because I think it's so versatile and I think it can be helpful for, for many reasons. And you can't really overconsume protein. I mean, you can. It, trust me. I've overconsumed protein before, and the house smells like shit. Literally. Josh, you probably know exactly <laughs> what, that's, what that's like, too. I mean, men who eat a lot of protein-rich foods and protein powders, it's disgusting. But that is, that is um, one category, one supplement that I'm still purchasing out of my own money. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you on that one. I think that um, for me, I think – the pre-workout has always been something that I've also added. I don't know if it's um, totally needed by a lot of people. And I also think that you could probably trade down in that category yeah. specifically based around like what your um, desired like outcome is. So like if you're just using it to give you a boost for your workout, like you either work out at night after work and you need something to get you going or maybe in the morning and you, you do that instead of drinking your coffee, like right. you could – consume a pre-workout product that is very geared towards the energy side of it, which most of the stimulants are a lot cheaper per like kilogram than you're going to get with some of like the ergogenic type of aid uh, side of it. So if you're going to go towards a pre-workout and try to trade down and go more economical, that would be one area where you could essentially save a little bit of money uh, because you don't need to fundamentally, if you don't care about having all those other add-ons in there, you don't need to spend $40 on the high end on a premium type of a pre-workout. You right. could you know, go on Amazon and buy one of those products that are ramped up on stimulants and get out of there for 20, 25 bucks. And yep. 
that's an important kind of thing to, to mention when you are thinking about your supplement budget overall is like, why are you taking the products you're taking? Mm -hmm. Like you should be thinking about that. I mentioned earlier what, like I take protein because it's one of those things where especially pro post-workout, it is what I desire to have over a whole meal. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just one of those things where a lot of people, maybe it's because they want to add it with maybe some oats or something as like a, uh, a snack or a meal when they're at work or whatever it is. There's, there's different reasons why you would add different products. And based around that, you would want to pick something that would be specific to whatever that intent of purchase is. So I totally agree with you in, in terms of like a pre-workout and a protein powder taking up the bulk of my budget. And then for the third one, I kind of shift into probably trying to fill the gaps in my particular nutrition. I've talked about it like on multiple podcasts here that I don't eat the best. I have a fast metabolism. I'm right. lucky enough to have that. So I don't eat the but best. But you're not in the Taco Bell binge anymore. So at least you no. improved your life there. Yeah, yeah, I've improved a tiny bit. I've moved on to some bigger and better things, but uh, I still try my best to have like a multivitamin or like a green supplement or something yeah. of that nature to like kind of fill in the gaps on the vitamins and minerals and, and other things that I'm not getting in my diet. And even when I used to eat like super clean and super what, like it was very much more towards probably like a bodybuilder type of diet. And even if you are eating that way, you, you, you're not getting the nutrients and things normally as well. So it's one of those things where to me, I think I've always added that into, I've always kind of paid for that, um, in my budget. If I was hypothetically needing to buy budgets or supplements, that's Kind of the third one that I would add. Yeah, I'm 100% on board. Actually, that was that a multivitamin in my book is like one of the number one things you should buy. Protein powder, multivitamin, just because our food system and I've talked about this on multiple podcasts too. It's it's essentially broken. In, in the, I mean, it's not the same as it was 20 years ago, right? Like if you think about the farming practices, and I'm not trying to get into politics at all, but the farming practices 20 years ago, a stalk of broccoli 20 years ago is not a stalk of broccoli today because the soil has been depleted of nutrients, depending on the type of farming practices, whether it's organic or non-organic, and you can have your personal beliefs on that, but it's been tilled up so much that carbon is released to the atmosphere, yada, yada, yada. I could go through all the, the science behind it, but it's just it's, there's not as many nutrients in today's soil as there was 20 years ago, so you're not getting the, the phytovitamins that you used to get from some broccoli. And so if you're having the same consistent diet that you had 20 years ago, you're getting significantly less vitamins and minerals. So you need to supplement that. And I, I would guess, and most people don't know. Most people don't know what type of deficiencies they have unless you get tested. Um, you know, iron deficiencies is a big one. A lot of people have that. You have it. My daughter has an iron deficiency, for Christ's sake. So um, a multivitamin is something that I think is, is the real deal that I take daily. I've been taking daily for the past 10 years. Um, and, I, and, and I eat cleaner than most people on the planet. You know, I'm eating a, a serving of vegetables with every meal. I'm eating complex carbohydrates. I'm eating lean beef and lean chicken. I still multivitamin it up because I know I'm still not hitting all those marks that I need to. So um, multivitamin for me, um, you mentioned greens. And I think greens is, is interesting because we're kind of seeing more of them come to market now than we ever have before because there's so many different benefits from them. Now, there's several new ingredients coming out. You look at companies like uh, Featureceuticals. They actually make an ingredient which is a full serving of greens. And just like a small, they're able to basically freeze dry the actual vegetable, break it down and make it consumable in a drink. And it's, it's easy. A lot of people don't like eating vegetables. It's a pain in the ass. It's a pain in the ass to cut them and cook them. I get it. I hate doing it myself. Um, and, and people just don't like the taste of it. So if you can drink them, which a lot of people are making into a greens powder now and, and including things like pre and probiotics, it's pretty revolutionary. And you know how important gut health is and digestive health in today's world, considering what we just talked about in terms of our diet intake. So like a protein powder, 
a multivitamin, and I think a super greens or a greens and fruits powder is, is right up there. It's super important because I, I would venture to guess, everybody listening to this podcast, I bet most people listening to this podcast don't get enough fruits and vegetables in their daily diet. They're expensive. You know, they're, they're, they're expensive. You're buying it fresh. People sell this conception that frozen is, is worse than fresh when technically it's probably better because most of the vegetables out there, when they're picked fresh, they're frozen immediately. So just uh, for people listening, but we just don't eat them. It's a lot easier just to eat rice and chicken and, and forget about the vegetables. So I would toss a greens powder in my, in my regimen and part of, part of my budget, too, as part of that $200 budget. And right now, if you're keeping track, like if I had 200 bucks, I just spent, say, 60 bucks on a protein powder. I spent 30 bucks on a multivitamin, and I just spent 40 bucks on a green powder. So I'm at 130 bucks right there in three products. Yeah, it, it goes pretty quick, especially if you're trying to get quality mm-hmm. supplements. Um, quality costs money. Uh, I think yes, that it does. sometimes, you know, I mentioned about there's there's trade downs, there's economical trade downs in certain way in certain spaces. But I think that specifically protein, uh, specifically uh, like a greens or a multivitamin, those are areas where you you don't necessarily want to trade down mm-hmm. because those ingredients um, purity matters, and, and the higher the quality and purity, the the better or the higher the price point is on that. So you really can't trade down right. unless maybe your diet is impeccable to the point where you know you're getting it and you're just trying to maybe just get a little bit extra and you think, hey, I could go after you know a very economical multivitamin or greens product because I'm already good. I'm just looking for that extra five or ten percent. You're you're the the exception to the rule. But yeah. for the most people that are listening to this, like myself, you're not necessarily looking to trade down in that area because you want to have quality because you are replacing a lot of what your diet is not giving you. And, you know, that's kind of one area for me. Um, I'm going to skip like all of the like convenient type of um, functional foods and things, because I think a lot of those are just more premium ways to get um, some of the things we've already talked about. Right. We can obviously move when we, if we're talking economical premium uh, budget wise, we could we could kind of break that down a little bit more differently. But I think just kind of breaking into like the five for me, another one that I kind of always have added in, and, and sometimes it's in my pre-workout, it just kind of depends on what pre-workout I choose, is creatine. And mm-hmm. I think that that's just because it's it's most proven, most studied, most, you know, whatever kind of attribute, accolade you want to give it. It's one of those things where a basic creatine monohydrate, nothing special, is super cheap and it's super effective for whatever you're looking to do. As a man, uh, I tend to always want to kind of look to gain muscle or strength. And that's one of those ingredients that are great for that. And also just aging as a you know brain health and things like that, it has a ton of different uh, benefits to it. And luckily enough, the price point on those things are super cheap. And as long as you're getting from a reputable brand, a creatine monohydrate, um, just go with it. If you can yeah. find one on sale or something like that, run with it. There's odds are it's not going to be something that is, um, you know, all that much uh, different than some premium creatine or whatever kind of marketing ploy that people want to bring <laughs> to creatine and say that it's better for you or more stronger absorption, whatever. I don't know. I just go with the basic stuff. Yeah, there's a, I mean, creatine across the board today is much better than it was, say, even five years ago in terms of purity and quality. Yes, there is some indifference uh, between the two, but if you go with a quality brand, you're fine. You're absolutely right. What I find is funny about creatine monohydrate is the most studied, probably the most effective ingredient uh, that we know in sports nutrition in terms of, like, our level of confidence behind it, yet it's one of the cheapest. Like, this is the, this is the product that brands should be charging 3X for. But we're coming out with products like laxogenin and some of these other plant-based steroids, which there's 
very little research. There's some bovine tissue research behind it that we're charging 60 bucks for. Now, I, I personally think that laxogen and laxosterum is, is an okay ingredient, but I would much rather spend 20 bucks on a tub of creatine that's going to last me 60 days. Like, I just don't understand. I never understood the concept of, like, this thing works. We know it works. We know it works really, really well. I love that it's cheap. As a consumer, I love it. But as a brand, I was just like, well, how did we get to this price point? Like, how did, yeah. how did this price point make sense when you actually have an effective ingredient that works? We have, we have scientific research, multiple studies showing that it works. Like, this should be 100 bucks a container. It literally should be 100 bucks a container. It, it used to when yeah. EAS had phosphagen. Oh, yeah. but I think and that, that worked great. Be, being that I think it's been in the market for so long and the story has been told so long on it and you have a bunch of just supply that came on board and I think it's just one of those things where market economics worked out for the consumer over the um, over the brand side or the mm. business side of it. So it's a it's a win for for us as consumers. And it's one of those things where don't overlook it. Don't try to get fancy with it. Honestly, the basic stuff is perfectly fine. There's nothing you don't need to spend more money on, it, especially if you're working on what we're talking about, a budget. You don't want to blow it out on something you don't need to. This is a perfect example of like an economical trade down to go after that's not going to be much of a difference in like just the effects you're getting from the product. And it's not steroids, people. Keep in mind, I remember taking weed or creatine in high school when I was like 16, and people looked at me like I was drugging. It was, it was hilarious. Um, another, I, I, I agree. I think creatine is something that I've been taking every day for probably 10 years, too. Contrary to popular belief, you don't need to cycle off of it. You can stay on it. Um, there's not, you don't technically need the load like we used to believe. You don't need to do 20 grams a day. Uh, you don't need to do it in grape juice. You can do it any time of the day. Like, don't overcomplicate this shit. Just take it once a day. Roughly five grams. Um, it, the, the research now shows it is fluctuates a little bit, but five grams and you're safe on that. But I agree. I think that's a daily, a daily ingredient that I love to use that I, that I still use today. Um, another one of mine, not sexy at all, is a fish oil. I think a quality fish oil every single day um, is, is huge for multiple different things. Cardiovascular health being probably the most important for me. Um, now, not all fish oil is created equal. So there is a DHA and EPA levels in, in fish oils. Obviously, the higher technically the better so you'll get some some brands that come out with a fish oil tablet pill that might be you know 25 percent fish oil and the rest filled with something else and there's not a lot of levels in it and that's just a cost saving measure so when you're buying a fish oil you want to look at those those levels in there uh, the epa and dha levels I, I think i'm saying those right um and see what they are because uh like for me i i, I buy the vitamin shop store brand stuff because they make a liquid fish oil which is actually you pour in a teaspoon or a tablespoon it's flavored like citrus or lemon but it has super high ratios and super high traces of, of those um those things that i'm looking for so it doesn't have to be like a brand name thing some of these store brands make some really high quality stuff too uh but if you you know if you're not eating a lot of fish and like cardiovascular health is super important now heart disease doesn't technically really run in my family but it's just i i, I live a pretty hard life in terms of how i work out and and what i obviously i'm on trt so there's all these things that that go in my life but it's just super beneficial overall that i think most people ignore the omegas in their diet and it's something they probably should bring in because i guarantee they're not eating enough foods where it's you know, I don't eat dairy, so I don't get omegas from dairy, um, and I don't eat a lot of fish anymore. I eat salmon here and there, so a fish oil capsule, you know, a couple times a day is uh, hugely beneficial to someone like me. I'm similar to you on that one as well. That was on my list that was kind of right after creatine where, again, it's more diet specific where I don't have a lot of dairy. I don't have uh, a lot of fish that I eat or anything like that, so it's one of those things where I'm not going to get it in my diet, and I want to have it in there. And again, I usually go with like a private label like you. I, I don't really overcomplicate it and just go after these super premium ones. I know that there's a ton of different things out there with bunk 
fish oil and, and all that kind of stuff. But I just kind of go with a reputable, uh, like private label or store brand and just kind of go with that one. And then I think for me, I I'm kind of at my five, if we're going to stick it to five, but I think that one that a lot of people buy and has been a category for now going on, I don't know, 10 plus years is going to be like an amino, uh, BCA type of a product. And mm -hmm. I'm going to say that that 100% is not particularly needed. It's not something that you need to buy. Now, why I have taken it for so long is that I have a problem drinking water, just plain water. Yeah. I grew up on pop and soda and, and things like that as a kid. So I didn't really have the taste of water. I didn't really like it. I, I drink a lot of it, but I think if, if I'm able to add a scoop or two of aminos in a jug of water or whatever, I have a much better chance of drinking that jug of water than I would if it was just plain water. So for me, it tends to be like a better performance type of a flavor aid for me. I know I could just go and get crystal light or, or something like that. And I do that sometimes as well. But I think that uh, for me, because I have so much of it, um, I've for so long, I've, I've always just kind of consumed it in that way because it just helps me with water intake. So might not be a, a good enough reason for a lot of people to purchase that product. I'm not going to stand here and, and tell people that they need to, especially if they're having a lot of protein in their diet, like that they need to have, you know, essential aminos and, and right. branch chain aminos. And, and that's going to make some huge difference to whatever their goals are. But if it is that you're struggling to have water intake to the levels that you need, it might be something that's extremely important to you. Yeah, I, I'm 100% on board with you on that one, too. Um, I have to drink 200 ounces of water a day, you know, right now. And drinking plain water, as much as I enjoy it, it sucks after a while, you know. So, like, um, we're going to get people out there and be like, oh, well, BCAAs don't work. We're not here to discuss whether or not BCAAs work or not because they do if you have protein in your system. I'll just say that. But, um, yeah, they've gained a huge amount of popularity. And I think, for me personally, I think, um, I think Optum, amino energy for that for me in my life like i started using amino energy which is a proprietary blend of a lot of different stuff but it tasted good the stuff tasted good and you got a little bit of energy and i didn't want to drink soda so that really kind of introduced me to the category um would i like if i'm on a limited budget would i buy it it really depends i mean it's very tough i mean for me because i'm such a special case sometimes like i look at some other unique ingredients in this field like a citrus bergamot or a tudka that i would need personally because i have elevated liver enzymes, that's just a natural thing, and I have um, elevated blood pressure as a, as a genetic thing. So it's like, those are necess necessities for me, but they're not necessities for everybody else out there. So like for me and my personal regimen, I'm buying one of those two, but I think for a majority of people watching or listening, um, you know, you look at the, the popular categories, and we, we hit on a lot of them, it's like protein, pre-workout, aminos, multi, some people will say fat burner, I'll say save your goddamn money, uh, mask airs, save your money. Like, don't put those in your top five. Um, you know, I've yet to put the pre-workout in my top five, honestly. Like, I know you did. I didn't put it in there. Um, so for me, if I'm going to toss in there, I'm probably going to throw a pre-workout as, as my fifth one just because. Um, but uh, I do agree. I think the amino products are nice for consumption of water. And there also is an alternative benefit other than just, like, drinking all the water in the world, right? Like, obviously, they taste good. Amino acids are the building blocks of muscle. I mean, it's it's... For those listening, you don't understand, like, protein is just a buildup of amino acids. That's all it is. Like, whey protein gets broken down to, into their simpler form of amino acids within the body, which then goes and 
helps repair torn muscle fibers and tissues that you just done from a workout or whatever. So this is just one way to help alleviate like delayed onset muscle soreness and a plethora of other things. Initiate muscle protein synthesis. So I do um, I do also like that. I'm thinking about like some you know as far as like a curveball here, Josh. Some newer categories coming in. Like we've heard now. Like I'm not spending money on collagen yet. Like I, I'm not fully on board with the like we've just I just talked about the collagen protein on my channel. Um, Everything that I read seems cool. Like, it seems beneficial. It's like type 1, type 2, type 3, what it does for the body. I don't know if I'm 100% sold yet, but I, if it comes out that all this stuff is, like, legit true, that's, that's a really kind of cool, amazing product and what it can do in terms of, like, your skin, hair, nails, your ligaments, cartilage, if you have um, type 2 collagen. So I don't know if you have a curveball, something that's sort of up and coming that you're interested in because I know we haven't really – we just talked about the – what everybody knows. Like, everything yeah. that we listed out there, for the most part, everybody listening to this podcast, they're probably like, yep, I've heard of that. Yep, I take that. Um, you know, we didn't say anything like protein bars or functional foods, to your point, but, like, people are going to say, you know, CBD is an essential in my life now because it has, has helped me with my chronic pain or Kratom, which is a big thing, too. You know, it helped me with my opioid addiction or whatever it might be. Like, is there any sort of up-and-coming ingredient slash category being created that you're interested in, maybe getting more details behind to see if it's something that you want to include in your daily regimen? I mean, I think that you mentioned it in the terms of maybe in a greens powder or something like that, but just like with the uh, pre and probiotic type of, mm -hmm. you know, just the idea of trying to understand. I think it's just starting to get some science and, and get some understanding around like what the connection between the gut is to all Everything. of kind of the diseases and, and different things that are going on in our body. So though I think those are going to be like fundamental, big, humongous for, you know, what ultimately is going to help us. I think there's still a lack of understanding completely by maybe the medical community or whatever that what is actually needed in a certain, um, you know, perspective of pr probably personalization. Everybody is very different, I think, in that area that that's going to take something um, from a technology standpoint in the supplement industry, in the health industry to really probably nail that down from a more personalized standpoint, but I think just the category as a whole, like if somebody is trying to figure out if there's something new or exciting to, to kind of focus on, like just the idea of gut health in yeah. general is something to like just put a marker on and say, okay, let me make sure that I'm at least staying up on some things because if there are, you know, some studies or something that comes out that is just like mind blowing or, or kind of changes the way that everybody, um, you know, goes with their life. I think it's important for everybody to kind of pay attention to that because that is one area where a lot of the, at least the medical and health community is, is pointing to and saying, this is where a lot of the problems are starting. Mm -hmm. And we, it's probably because of diet related. So I think we could probably take this way back, you know, forward and, and think about, you know, is food medicine, like that's the first kind of step of this all is probably our diet is creating these issues in terms of our gut. And then the gut then is then creating a bunch of issues in our body. Um, so Hopefully, there's some more answers around that. I don't know if I could stick a, like a certain supplement right now and say, oh, you need to have mm -hmm. this amount of um, active whatever I use of, of this and, and this certain strain of a probiotic because that one's better than this one. Um, I'm sure there's some things that are better than other ones, but I don't know if there's a complete answer at this point to like sure. give to somebody and say – Go all in on this. This is what you need to yeah. focus on. I'm not all in on something, but I'm super interested in the nootropic field just because working – you and I work from home. Um, we don't have coworkers to kind of like communicate with, and we are very – I believe like – I mean you're more of an introvert, and I'm more of an extrovert. I think we've talked about that here on, on the podcast before, but 
sometimes it's hard to just focus on getting shit done, especially when you work in your own home. I mean, I enjoy the shit out of working from home. I do. Um, and I've taken nootropics in the past, some of them really good. I mean, you, you feel, I mean, you talk about people who are, as we wrap up the show here, you talk about people who take um, Adderall, you know, a, as an adult. And nootropics are, it's, it's coming out there that can help people get off of Adderall. Because Adderall is essentially, to my understanding, I've never taken it, is like a, it's kind of like speed of some sort, right? Like it just kind of like gets people focused in. Like um, there's things like modafinil, which might not technically be legal, but like does something very similar. Um, and then just your over-the-counter stuff, like your lion's mane, which is a mushroom, or your alpha-GPCs, which is a choline molecule. There's a lot of cool ingredients coming out that they're doing these formulations in terms of nootropics because the mind-muscle connection is super important. But it also helps you just get shit done and be more productive. And in a world where our gears are consistently turning and we always feel like we don't have enough time, the more efficient we can be with our time and the more work we can get done, if there's a pill or uh, a supplement that can actually help with that, which studies have shown that people are more productive and more efficient taking certain ingredients, that's super promising to me, especially because of someone like me who is responsible for the entire ship. Like, I'm the captain of the ship. I need to make sure I'm sharp and on point at all times. Something like nootropic, which maybe five years ago or three years ago wasn't even a thought, is a, is a legit thought today in 2019 slash 2020 in terms of something that I may need to invest in and take daily because it could help me focus and get shit done. An important point that you brought it up was that I think traditionally in the supplement industry, you've always thought about supplements in the sense of like, how do you better your diet? How do you, you know, your uh, training, like how do you supplement those kind of building blocks. But I think recently that supplement industry has really like expanded out towards a lot of different kind of ancillary areas and it's no longer in this like very well-defined silo. Mm -hmm. And I think that now it moves into how do you utilize supplements, maybe functional foods, beverages, whatever it is. How do you supplement your lifestyle um, regardless of what your goals are? Is that professional goals? Is that personal health goals? Is that, you know, just personal goals in general? There's a lot of ingredients that maybe help with moods or, right. or things like that. There's so many different ways now that supplements have been able to attack certain needs in the consumer's mind. So right now I think it's, it's different. It's kind of very hard for um, anybody to really say, these are the best five you need to take or whatever, because there's so many reasons why people are going getting into the supplement industry or buying supplements in the first place. They might not have ever have any real need to step into a gym. Maybe they just walk, you right. know, for 30 minutes a day or whatever, but they're really focused on just at least getting some activity level, but they're really focused on their professional life. Then you're talking about, you know, your nootropics and, and different things like that to help elevate biohack yourself in a way right. to get that extra 5% activity, performance, productivity, whatever it is out of your life. Mm -hmm. And that's a much different, category of buyers, which is exciting for the supplement industry as a whole, because now it opens up a lot of other opportunities outside of what we talked about. We're, we're kind of old school, traditional in the sense of how long we've been in the industry. And you could tell by the way that we answered the question, we stick to the basics. We just right. stick to the kind of the basics that everybody does. We don't really get too fancy with everything. We have everything available at our fingertips. So we do probably use 10 X what we told right. you guys, what we would buy. Um, but if we were going back to the core of us having to buy everything ourselves, we would stick to the basics. Yeah. And that would be similar if we were even looking at this from a non-fitness perspective. I would still stick to the basics 
if I was just looking at professional productivity or whatever it is, yeah. um, don't overcomplicate this because there's still supplements. They are supplementing something. So there's still going to be an overall lifestyle change that you're going to need to make that fundamentally is going to be a much bigger difference to whatever your goal is than a supplement. Don't get tricked by the marketing or whatever that these companies that I work for um, push on you. Don't 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 listen to that. I know that that is counterintuitive to my clients, but I'm just saying in general as a consumer, like stay woke. I guess you could say. Make sure you're you're actually taking uh, and understanding the difference between, right. you know what I mean. Like yeah. stay stay and make sure you're 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 actually buying what you need, not what somebody is trying to subconsciously tell you to buy. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. I think uh, we're in an exciting, an exciting space for sure. It's ever changing. It's evolved so much, even in the last couple of years, to the point where we talked. I mean, we're talking about pre and probiotics, nootropics. We're talking about greens powders, something that we probably don't talk about two, three years ago. If you guys liked what you heard here, subscribe to the podcast. We're on iTunes, Spotify, over at YouTube as well. We're on Facebook. Two guys, one shaker cup. Feel free to leave us comments or leave us suggestions for future podcast episodes. Uh, we love to chat all things. This was a fun one because. It's a space that we both very much love and we participate in. You know, thankfully we we don't have to pay for this stuff because otherwise, just talking about the things we talked about, I just realized in my head, like, boy, that'd be expensive. But uh, you know, for those of you out there who have to pay for it, we sorry, we, we we're sorry. Uh, but that this is what we would we would suggest. So uh, until next time, Josh Shaw, it's good seeing you again, buddy. Good you stuff. As well. Uh, and again, for everybody out there, hit us up with any questions or comments you have to help us out with future episodes. Podcast. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, YouTube, Google Podcast, and more. Follow us along on our social media channels. We're on Facebook, Two Guys, One Cup, Instagram, and Twitter.